0: After my interview with Wesley Dean, we are actually wrapping up season four. Season five will begin in a few months. I'll make that announcement. Make sure you're on my All Heart Community newsletter. Go to paulcardall.com, subscribe. I've got a free song for you. The other thing that would really help me and my team is if you would review a podcast or review the overall podcast wherever you are listening and of course as always subscribe to these podcasts go to my website paulcardall.com click on the podcast link look at all the podcasts that are available there is someone in your life who would benefit from one of these episodes one of these topics whatever my guest has to share so thank you for listening and supporting seasons one through four We're going to have some very exciting people, interesting people to share with you for season five in a few months. Do you remember what it's like to uproot and move to a new location? The fear, the anxiety, and yet you have these hopes and these dreams that uh, things are going to improve, or maybe you've just felt like this is where you need to be because you've taken a job or for some other reason. I remember when my wife and I, when we were living out in Utah and I had my fully functioning record label, Stone Angel Music, and we were thriving and yet we decided to take a drive from New Orleans up to Cleveland where her mother lives. And we were doing this for Thanksgiving 2016. And I had been speaking in New Orleans and we drove through Nashville and I've never been to Nashville. Like I love country music, I love rock and roll, I love the blues. I love all kinds of music, but I'm a classical crossover pianist. I make very calm and relaxing music to help you access, you know, emotional feelings to unwind, relax, meditate, pray. So we're driving through Nashville and as I get up into Kentucky, my wife and I both look at each other like why do we feel like we need to go back to Nashville? Well, I did an episode, a podcast episode about this, about following your heart. You can go back into the episodes. They're all on my website, paulcardall.com forward slash podcast. You can go back, find that episode. This is a remarkable story of why I chose with my wife. Really, it was her guiding me to leave everything in Utah and come to Nashville. My guest today did the same, but he didn't come from another state. He came from Australia. And Wesley Dean did not need to leave Australia because he's one of the biggest stars in Australia. He's got big hits like you, that have been on the top of the Australian charts. You know, years ago in 2008, he won the Australian Idol, And even when he tried out, they said, you are the best thing to happen to Australian Idol. He's had a very successful career over there, but the pandemic, which was so devastating for so many people and Australia was such a tight lockdown that it was challenging for a lot of artists career. And Wesley had a desire to come to Nashville with his wife and and children. Well, in 2021, 20, uh, they made the move. They left their home, their family, everybody to come to America. Because you took my
1: scars, bruises and bro- To All Heart with Paul Cardall. like you, his guests are all
2: heart. Hello, mate.
1: What's going on, brother?
2: Good, man. How are you? Sorry, I don't have mics and all. I'm not that technical with this stuff at the moment. So, sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm raw.
1: (laughs) Everybody seems to go into hallways these days in bathrooms to see the TikTok videos are overflowing from the bathrooms. (laughs)
2: uh, absolutely
1: you don't have a TikTok Uh,
2: I do Wesley Dean TikTok yes it's it's a very new thing to me
1: it's a complicated thing for musicians I mean it's like first of all
2: you're the master of your own destiny with social media so it's a really good thing because you can be independent and get out to the world and just own your IP and everything's great but then there's this whole thing where it's an actual craft and a science to it as well, where you're sort of um, wrestling with uh, trends and algorithms and things that they're like you've got to get your head around that you are sort of then like, well, hang on, am I a musician or am I uh, the person who's trying to create something in an order to then get someone's attention for a certain reason? Or am I just writing a song because I'm writing the song? And I, I started out, by writing a song because I needed to write that song to get me through life. Yeah, it's very and and that's a different craft, I think. You know, someone could shoot me down by saying that, but I I I believe that it's so when I was 12, I sat down with an acoustic guitar and I never thought there'd be anyone listening to it other than me. And that's it, you know. So um, Well, that's why here we are. <laughs>
1: that's why, Wesley, you are carving out a niche based on what you wanna do, because you've been through the the rat race, and we'll get into that, but Mm -hmm. on the social media thing, you know, you make me feel a little guilty because throughout my span of my career, you do have to take into consideration all of the social media, and you want to be with that mindset where you're just writing for that specific reason. But for whatever reason, they love to make money. And so, for example, for me to reach all of the 163,000 people just on my Facebook, mm. I have to pay to reach everybody. If I just post something because they know I have those that audience or they think that I need to get that message out, mm. they want me to pay to reach. So normally if I post, I'm only hitting about 750 people. Yeah, wow. So there's a problem with that, and that's why I've recently invited everybody and listener <laughs> to go to, my, go to my website and subscribe to my all-heart community because I own all that. Yeah. They can't take that from me or you, and that's where I have everything anyways. I mean, that's our websites are the train stations, mm-hmm. and we send you out on these little destinations to social media and maybe somebody's coming from social media to stop by and take a peek and see if they want to stay or
2: yeah, that's that's absolutely right I, I, and but also like for social media and you know, I've, I've really connected I mean if it wasn't for social media I wouldn't know you you know so it's sort of this uh and I wouldn't have all these great friends in America all over the place by the way not just in Nashville and and also people in Australia and Europe and so you know, for me, it really works out well because um that's my, you know, other than my website, that is my shop front. That's where everyone is. And um, and so it's really great for that. And and I think moral of the story is, and you know, when we talk about, you know, doing the work and doing this sort of um the spiritual journey, I think, you know, we can only blame ourselves at the end of the day, whatever that is, you know. <laughs> so you know, for for even social media, it's a spiritual journey, man. It really does make you aware of how you, uh, how, you know, it's a mirror. It's all, it's just another mirror, you know? So I guess in that respect, I sort of, um, you know, you want to go out and go grandiose and big. And for me, you know, the performer side of me wants to be like this rah let's get the guy at the back of the back of the theater you know or the back of you know and that's how I was raised as a performer sure. but then as a musician I'm this introvert guy who's like I don't want to see people for for the next two weeks and it kind of rests I wrestle with that I like I and that's my internal wrestle so with social media one day I'm like posting seven times a day yeah right you know and yeah, check this out check this rip out you know and then next minute I'm like oh, man, everything's overwhelming. I just got to go in my bunker and write a song about it, you know. And so in the social media world, it's like, well, consistency is key. And that's what scares the shit out of me the most thing is is consistency because as a songwriter, as an artist, consistency really is a struggle (laughs) for me. That's the biggest lesson in my life right now.
1: (laughs) There's poets and prophets and we tend to fall between misfits and poets.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're
1: jesters. Absolutely. We're the core jesters <laughs> <We're the> <laughs> of the kingdom. Yes. We want to yes. be taken serious, though. <laughs> we, know we want to have a good time. Um, yep. Wesley and I met through a mutual friend, Mark Willis. Mark mm-hmm. has been a lifelong friend. Uh, I've known him, gosh, since he was 19 years old. And wow. he's always been a lover of quality over quantity. And uh, he was throwing a party with uh, performers. And I I don't mean to throw Mark out there like that, but this is a guy who loves music so much that he's willing to foot the bill to bring in some of the very best artists for his neighborhood.
2: Yeah, he's a very generous man. Yeah, to be such a supporter of the arts, you know, it's uh, it's amazing to have people like that around and take the time out of their day to sort of go – I'm gonna get these guys together, or get this, you know, introduce this guy. He's a connector, um, and um, yeah, just a, just a, just another angel of the earth, you know. And I think, um, uh, you know, I've only known him what, uh, well, it's been a while now since I moved to America. I met him really early on when I was playing at the Nashville Palace. I had a residency there, and I met him, and um, it was my first sort of band shows in in America first gigs really, and um, he, ca- he came right up with, with his friends and family and and um, was like, oh, you know, nice to meet you. And it was like, it was just felt like I'd, I've known him forever kind of thing. So yeah, he's a, he's a lovely man, yeah.
1: Been trying to encourage him to get into the music business because he does love music and he's,
2: he's, yeah.
1: all, he's the first guy to go do anything for anybody. So uh, mm. shout out to you, Mark, we love you. Yeah, hey man but i heard you that night for the first time and um man i mean i was speechless and then the next day i had the privilege of being in a room with you and a couple other musicians, um, uh, but but man, the vocal range and the intensity and the sincerity and the passion. And you guys were doing a lot of cover music, just popular songs, just jamming. But like jamming you, you were doing your whole twist on it. And then of course, you know, I listened to your to your record and. Dude, like, I am like one of your biggest fans. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Kind of cool that we became friends before that. But now I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to fan out here now. So, yeah. um, And uh, for those watching on YouTube, Wesley actually fun. gave me this vinyl. <laughs> I mean, this is like the most beautiful looking LP I've ever seen. And it opens up. It's got two discs in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's called unknown.
2: First ever vinyl, double vinyl. I went there. I went large. Go large or go home.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And this, this yeah. is your journey. This is your. This is your story. Yeah. Leaving Australia to come to America. I'm finally-
2: it was just quite an incredible experience really looking back not too many people had that experience during the sort of lockdown stage or you know the very limited amount of travel or, or anything you know when when it came time that you know we got the all clear from the Australian government it was like all right well feel the fear do it anyway sort of thing you know and we got on the on the plane but what made it really surreal I guess was I had a two-year-old and a seven-year-old at the time. Now they're four and nearly ten, but um, still very young. But um, just the, the the grandkids saying goodbye to the the you know the late seventies um, uh, you know uh, grandparents was possibly one of the most heartbreaking things because at the time, and as we all possibly will remember, is that. You know, I, I, America was a bit different, but in Australia it was like, well, you're not coming home for however many like four or five years. And so, I remember especially hugging my father-in-law, and just thinking this could be the last time, you know. And and then he then hugged the grandkids, and it was just like everybody was thinking it, but no one really said it. And it was, it was like, I guess like the old days when everyone got on a ship. And and got on a ship and and went for four months. So we're going to Australia, you know. And it's like a five months trip down the down, across the across the Pacific Ocean or wherever, you know. Yeah. It was it was very like that, you know. It was like well, and and I know people go through it all the time because in in normal life. But because of the intensity of what we'd just all been through with COVID and the whole thing, was like wow. Just it would just it felt like. Um, yeah, it was just intense. You know, everything was really intense, and then we got here, and it was still intense, and um, we had to figure out who we were in a whole new land, and how are uh, the rhythms of life? You know, which was very quite confusing. So, um, what do you do? I, you write an album about it. You know, <laughs> called Unknown,
1: and that's it. That's where it was. So, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine the uh, <laughs> the shift, the shift from all that you knew to come. To America, it's a, it's an immigrant story. It's a beautiful story, and obviously there's going to be a soundtrack to it. But I want to dive back because Australians mm. know you from mm. your career over there as Wesley Carr.
2: Yeah, yeah, Wes Carr. It was yeah, Wes, Wes Carr? Carr. Yeah, yeah.
1: You were part of the uh, uh, American Idol over there. Well, it's Australian Idol.
2: Twenty-five-year-old Muso Wes Carr has been performing in pubs since he was fifteen. <laughs> Wes. Yeah
1: um i don't think i'm being deluded here i think you're one of the best things that's ever walked into an idol audition i think you are absolutely fantastic are you it. i won it yeah
2: i won it in 2008 and um before that i'd been in independent bands i'd been in punk bands and uh, pub rock bands and you know i was wesley car and wes car and then wesley car and then i was buffalo tails at one stage um and so i had all these uh, different <laughs> different names and john,
1: john cougar john cougar belling camp
2: there you go that's it you know and folks so yes just keeping everyone on their toes you know uh and so i um but i started gigging when i was 14 um So I'll I'll answer your idle question, but there's a backstory that how it led me to get to that part, you know. And I, so I left. So the record unknown, it's not just about the the trip across to America. It's really it starts in Adelaide, which is where I grew up in Adelaide, where I was born, South Australia. It's where a lot of like the Little River Band come from and I, I think acdc and a great band called cold chisel jimmy barnes is a is an, uh, an australian icon he comes from the same spot where i grew up in elizabeth and in adelaide one tree hill and all the northern parts of adelaide and it's a very small town and so i struggled at school you know i i didn't fare well at school all i wanted to do was be a musician nirvana was like my biggest inspiration so that's possibly where it went wrong (laughs) the the influence may have uh, you know I may have fallen in love with the rebellion uh, of that era but uh, you know I just the music man was just something I've never ever heard before I was a big Beatles fan big Michael Jackson fan before that and then Nirvana came along and it was like this is, my, this is my story. He's singing about me. You know, it was that, that you know, I mean, every person ah. who fell in love with Nirvana say that, you know. That's
1: like a but teen spirit.
2: Teen spirit, you know. I was a big um, in utero bleach. I danced around it all, but I, I, I actually did come to, uh, through Unplugged. I stayed up one night and, and watched the MTV Unplugged. And I was sort of went, that's a cool job. How does he do that? I want to do that. You know, because I was singing Michael Jackson before that and I was singing in shopping centres in a, in a thing called Johnny Young Talent School, which was uh, like the Mickey Mouse Club here in, a, in, a, in Australia, okay. but it wasn't really famous. It was just like a local production and we did shopping centres and I used to wear sequin vests and, and things and I used to come out and do all the Michael Jackson numbers. And look up your shoulders, honey. Ooh. <laughs> I'll be there, you know all of that, you know, and so overnight it went from I'll be there to I need a easy friend, you know, um, and and then yeah, and then that was that was it for me. So I went to Sydney to live with my dad. My mum and dad broke up when I was twelve, and which is and a yeah, that was big, significant thing that will... that was big, and and so Nirvana again was like my saviour,
0: yeah.
2: and so. Um, yeah so I went to I lived with my dad and my dad was a painter when he was younger but he wasn't allowed to do he wasn't allowed to pursue his painting um he had to go get a job at at the highways department to foot the bill for his five brothers and one sister so he had to um he was the oldest so he had to do that so he kind of always resented the fact that he had to do that and couldn't pursue his art and his craft he is now actually he's He's back at art school and getting high, high distinction. So he, he's found it later on in life and it's been been awesome to see that. But um, so he kind of always really, really championed the fact that I wanted to go and play shows at 14 in the middle of King's Cross in Sydney in little bars around, the, around town. And I used to go around with cassettes and get my own gigs and then say to Dad, Dad, I've got a gig at 11pm, you know, and he'd be like, oh, man, are you serious? But he'd drive me because he'd be like, well... He'd come home from work and he'd drive me around to these these gigs and I used to play to, like, these empty bars sometimes and then sometimes really packed bars. And it was just me. Like, as long as I didn't drink, obviously, I was cool to play, you know. And um, <laughs> it was the late 90s and I was playing these acoustic bars and, and you know, and uh, it was... And as long as I had a, a, my dad with me, it was fine. So um, I kind of cut my teeth. Doing that for so long, and I wrote my own songs. I only played my own songs. I never played any covers. It was just I was very, very. I'm going to be an artist. You know, this is me. I'm going to play my own songs. You know, I'm not changing any lyrics for anyone. Or all that kind of thing. You know, very staunch. Um, and uh, so that was amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, sort of grew up doing that, and then I ended up in bands and playing in clubs and when I got a bit older, you know, and I got a little bit of groundswell, and I was in a band with one of the guys from Silverchair, which was a big iconic band in Australia for a while. And then after that, it was like I really was sort of burnt out and I'd kind of come to a crossroads and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go on an audition for Australian Idol, which was a really big surprise to basically everyone that I knew because I was this bohemian artist guy that lived... my friend's couch on my floor on my friend's floor for a lot of a lot of time a lot of time I lived in my car for a tiny little bit like I I really was just I'm a musician I'm not going to get another job this is who I am and in Australia like that does not pay like I'm not sure what I was thinking but I was young enough to kind of just go whatever um and so I went to Australian Idol lined up did the whole thing and um I really did not expect to win it but I really it was like a it was like a um, like a life coach seminar sort of vibe. Like it was, I learned so much about myself and um, I learned a lot about my struggles, you know, because I, the reasons why I went to music in the first place wasn't for the joy of it, to be honest. It was to get me through the darkness. Hmm. So I used it as this sort of thing to hide some of the darkness and just relay it to everyone, like see everyone. And, you know, obviously it was like, no one really understood the very convoluted way I was trying to (laughs) communicate, surreal, surreal way of of trying to communicate. But it was, that was what it was. Music to me was a a craft and something that I knew I couldn't master, but it was something that I wanted to uh, kind of hide behind more so than anything and so when i got to australian idol there was no hiding it was everything was out in the open and you are very exposed but your life is exposed all of a sudden it's not just um music you know and so i loved working with the band and i loved a bit of the attention whatever that got old pretty quickly but i loved the kind of the the fanfare of it all it was amazing to watch a tv studio and the inner workings of a tv studio and the whole thing every sunday you get to sing a new song and and it felt like the whole country was behind you because this is before the internet, you know. Uh, well, before, not the internet, but not that old, before the Facebook and everything kind of exploded. It was bef- like, it was when everyone was watching in Australia, six channels. It was, uh,
1: before TikTok, yeah. before you had to...
2: Before TikTok, before TikTok, TikTok minutes,
1: yes. You know, on all these social media. What was, yeah. how did the producers pitch your story? How did they tell Australia was, who To you be hold? honest,
2: I... I was um, surprised at how amazingly I had no choice, but to sort of tell my story, you know? So I, they were just, they really did do it really well. Like, I mean, I, that was so respectful in a way where, you know, about my mum and dad and things like that, But but still it played a big part. And to try and bury all of that stuff, you know, I mean, Mum and dad's divorce is a tiny little notch on my whole life. But I mean, I'm just using that as an example, but just right. struggles with anxiety and things like people weren't talking about that. And right. I didn't really talk about it on the show. It was more like, this is where I come from. And this is my passion and this is why I create music. And I, I literally feel like um, if it wasn't for music, I, I just wouldn't know who I was because I feel like it's not what I do. It's kind of who I am. Yeah. And, um is and, it-
1: were you married no. at the time, or
2: no? But I just, I just um, met my wife now. Oh, okay. Uh, the year of Idol, and and if it wasn't for her, that there, there definitely would not have been any winning scenario. I would have possibly lost my marbles yeah, very I, quickly. <laughs> you know, so. Was she listener. Was incredible.
1: He, yeah. Well, yeah. listener, if you're an artist, yeah, you, it, you try not to marry an artist. <laughs> you need to marry. Somebody who is so grounded, and yeah, can call you out on all your bull crap. Yes, because we're we are we are feelers. We feel one thing and then change our mind, like yeah. maybe an hour later. Yeah. We are consistently emotional, but we we have that because that is the fuel that's going to carve out greatness. Mm. So everyone can feel, yeah, and get through Absolutely, this. Absolutely, my friend. You no, know, we one hundred percent. Too. Well, I say we're like moths. We live in the darkness, but we're obsessed with the light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know? yeah, we're exactly. Able to, we're able to paint both scenarios so people understand clearly why they need the light. Mm-hmm.
2: absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's really not. I really like that. It's great. yeah, it and you know, I I, uh, I I guess you know for um for that period of, of time, it was just everything was so heightened like and it was it's amazing to be able to say that you went there for a second even a second just got a glimpse you know yeah. um, it's not like Elvis stratosphere but it's just this feeling of like oh you look around you're at the top of the mountain for a second and you're looking around and you're like wow this is an amazing moment in my life and and something obviously something you'll never forget but you get to see this sort of other part of reality and then that's when boom that's when you know someone pops the balloon <laughs> the balloon starts to go a little chaotic around the room until it falls flat on its uh, flat on its face and and for me um I realized so much about myself uh, under that microscope um I went traveling you know I've seen the world which is unbelievable for me to say because I'm a I'm a real homebody really and I and I'm also at growing up. I was so petrified of leaving anywhere that um, uh, that that literally that's been my whole life is leaving something or someone, you know. Um, and so when it got time to move into America, it was really easy for me. But you know, it wasn't that easy for the people around me. But at the time, you know, um going around the world and seeing the world, like being in England and Europe and 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 coming here a lot and coming to America a lot. And then uh, you know, I I did a, a trip to India in 2015 and went on a on a bit of a pilgrimage up north and went to Rishikesh, ended up in Rishikesh, but started in Delhi and went to through Varanasi, which is one of the most ancient cities in the world, and and uh I read, you know, the science uh, and art of, of, of the art uh, the science and art of being by the Maharishi and I had that as my like my my book that I
0: yeah. read,
2: you know, constantly and I studied all kinds of religion and um I practiced meditation very a lot a lot. Um and needed to get somewhere else. Um needed to find because when I got to the top of the mountain I felt like well hang on I know I've been told by other people like my idols I've been told that that's not it but I needed to sort of want I wanted to go there for myself to see if it was it you know it was that like that kind of thing and I was like no nah, no nah, this is possibly not it either you know like you know because there's always going to be compromise right but for me I it, the celebrity based thing I was on more like, you know, it was a more of a celebrity status than a musician-artist status, and that yep. was what I wrestled with. And now these days, I don't, like, I'm old enough to sort of not care about it, but at the time, I, I remember being really like, I'm a musician, man. I'm an artist. I want to create my own thing. I don't want to be doing Creedence Clearwater cover records, you know. Right. And and so that was a bit of a struggle there. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm so happy and um that I went through that experience and so very blessed. I know that very much uh, in life to be able to say I even did something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of people, that's a lot of people's dreams. So that's yeah. um, amazing. But, um, but then, you know, if you, if I, if I were to say what changed my life more, well, it would be the self like the pursuit of self-awareness and the pursuit of actually going in and not going out and look at me, look at me, you know, the performer, right. Mm -hmm. It's the one that you you always spend time by yourself or meditation was really the thing that, wow, that was the thing that flicked the switch for me. Um, And uh, I get goosebumps just saying it, you know. You never
1: Having kids.
2: Well, that's a whole other that's a whole other realm, um, and that my kids are my whole whole life. And I think meditation prepared me for the monumentous spiritual journey of having two children. And you know, I mean, yeah, I mean that is they are the blessing upon uh, they are the most they are the 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 highest thing for me um and my wife of course like they the my boys when willow was born i was like wow like how did i how did i do this you know i I mean i was living on my mate's floor for three months a few years ago and now (laughs) i've got i've got this i've got this amazing perfectly formed creature right in my like right here you know looking at me um and he was always willow too you know um love that name yeah he and we actually had when he was born he actually of course he he made the paper when he was born like on a on page six or something of the newspaper because you know i in australia at the time you know i was still you know Kind of prominent in the in the press, or whatever. So you know, but I, I'm like, of course, he made the paper when he was born in that way. You know, a half page spread on 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 the boy. You know, because he is the most. He's my biggest teacher. You know, I mean Jackson, my my little one. He's also my biggest teacher, but in a whole other way. Right. Where, where Willow was like, he made me a man. He made me a guy. He made me a person that I realized that there is another level to life you know i mean if meditation was the thing that kind of broke me out of this spiral and this sort of of uh, it, it gave me that self-awareness and gave me that insight then willow just came along and basically went see you know like this is yeah. this yeah. is that it was the physical version of the you know whatever you know whatever i'm it's, trying to say but it was just it's, he's it's, just been yeah and when he was born man like the the the, the it was like whoa it was it feels like he is some he's definitely like he's here for he's a very powerful like very powerful being that child um very hard to parent sometimes because he's he's so strong and and he's a scorpio dragon so in chinese terms that's um very very lucky you know a very lucky person in life and i feel like he will do something in life not to put any kind of expectation because i don't but i do feel in my heart of hearts that he's going to do something in life that's going to do whether it's tech or whether it's like you know everybody jokes around us like our friends like he's the next Elon Musk you know <laughs> you know it's like that but he but I'm you know i I'm just a proud dad, but I, but it it is um,
1: kids make us grow up.
2: That's know. right. And then Jackson as well, you know, I can't leave him out. he's he's four and it's You're amazing both. to see him grow up and i and I believe that he was he was what led us to Nashville because we've named him Jackson Cash before we even thought about coming to Nashville. and then now he's in Nashville with the most Tennessee name you could ever name any child. so
1: great song. You know, that's it That's a that classic song it gets, <laughs> kids for me seem to be the the beings that are in our lives that are the one connection we have to the divine yeah the, yeah absolutely the purity the eight because we all want our innocence restored to us we all want to sometimes crawl back into our mother's arms that's never going to happen and we wake up every day fighting the battle yeah you know life and trying to provide for the family trying to be a good husband uh be a good father yes but when you have kids that are you do not have instruction manuals on these personalities Mm. yeah they come to you with no that's it warning label or guarantee or
2: i will never forget driving him home from the hospital at, at willow i was 30 i just turned 30 yeah and i put him in the car and i'm like okay i drove it like you know 20 miles an hour you know at home just uh just don't have don't do anything you know don't crash don't you know and not break okay. me. <laughs> yeah is his head okay you know Is he all right? And it was just absolutely crazy. And then we got home and this massive storm hit like out of nowhere. And it was like, it felt really spirit, like really spiritual, like, whoa, we sat out and Willow and I just sat there and watched the storm on the first day he arrived home. And beautiful, yeah. And I just, and ever since, yeah, he's here. I've, I think I've changed a lot. Like I I used to be a bit of a maniac and, you know, um, just, uh, you know, spontaneous, crazy artist. And, and I changed so much overnight when I had him, That I just settled me. It made me kind of feet on the ground. And, and I went, okay, I've got to turn this craziness into something that's going to serve him now. You know, it's not all about me all all of a sudden. So it's, it's it's amazing, you know,
1: and, and my favorite song right now that I've been listening to, and I don't even know if it's available for people yet, but it's on the unfiltered, um, Yes. It's uh, track nine, never going back to the dark side. No, never going back to the dark side. Never going back. No, not to sing at this time. Oh, never going back. And, and dude, like, I, it's. I have, like, a spiritual playlist as a Christian. Uh, that I listen to in the morning to get me fired yeah. up to.
2: Beautiful. That's awesome. I
1: try to be a good person. Yeah. And that don't Spiritual. look back. I, I got that right there with some of my, uh, some of my Jesus worship music. Oh, that's amazing. Because uh, of what it's saying. It, it tells me everything I need to know to have a Christian life. And then yeah. you have, uh, and, uh, but I was going to tell you, when you were talking about India, I actually have a, a fan club, a Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, well, India over by New Delhi, and there's a guy over there that runs my. Well, he came to me and said, "I don't want to run a, a Instagram yeah. fan club for your piano music." But I digress. But it's uh, I have it on iTunes, but it's not on here, is it?
2: It's on there. It is track eight on there. And then I've got a, a, a new album. So it's a, a bit every, so um, right now was as we speak right now. Um, but this is going to be, um, it'll hopefully be back up. But at the moment, there's a distribution issue that I need to. I saw on. that you, you
1: you pulled it briefly. Now, listener, this is what happens in the music business when you're in transition. Coming yes. from another country to a, another country. uh <laughs> um, rolling out the red carpet for Wesley here and getting him all situated because everybody needs to have his music and um, this is the album.
2: Yeah, I want you to get So give never going time. back to the dark side is uh, a, really a song I'd I'd really been sitting on for a while, um, and uh, it's just you know we all have regrets and we all um, said stupid stuff and and you know and all of that all of that and for me. It was something that, it, it was the first sort of song because I took a bit of a break. I take these breaks to these hiatuses or these crossroads. You have you know, to. Yeah.
1: The and
2: I had to sort of figure out who I was in that moment. And I'd moved up from Sydney, um, Willow turned 2. We moved to the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. And that place was where I really found my spiritual home. That was like. We lived next to a mountain, uh, uh, the second largest monolith in Australia. And this this thing was like, in the Indigenous culture, it was a very powerful uh, spiritual place to go. And we lived really on the back of that mountain. And so it was something that um, we loved. We just loved it there. And, um, and uh, we found our home there for five, six years. And I started writing music again without any expectation, any... Trying to write hits or trying to, you know, be Wes Carr, the Australian Idol, and everything. It was just songs about me and and what I wanted to say to the world. And so, never going back to the dark side was one of those first songs that I started writing. And um, and the dark side is not about, you know, Idol. It's not about any of that. It's it's about my personal journeys and, you know, my stumbles along the way and the things that I cringe at. And I'm like, oh man, really, um. But, um, you know, life is messy, you know. And so the the verses are, are just me saying, you know, well, this is what I do, you know, this is who I am now. And, um, and uh, as a male, I guess, you know, like the I grew up with like the mentality that men just don't really cry, you know, I never saw, you know, so there's a lyric there. Sometimes I cry, um, you know, but. But, you know, what is it? You know, I'm um, not that kind of guy. I keep it bottled up inside, you know, most of the time. And I still do that. It's a weird thing, you know, where everyone's bawling in a movie and it's the most saddest movie in the world. And I'm feeling it all internally, but I just can't let it go. I just, I, I you know, it's one of those things that I'm really, really, um, I should just let it go. But if I let it go, then what will happen? You know, <laughs> it's that, it's it's uh, it's a, that those sort of, self-awareness things about me i usually just pour into the music and um when you're alone
1: it, watching a movie do you cry no not
2: alone? oh yes when you're alone, yes i do yes
1: no so, so this is about
2: <laughs> so it's about yeah, I guess it just uh, ingrained in me that you know you just people you
1: have you want to be strong
2: yeah i guess so i don't know but it's um yeah it's just something that um you, you know
1: think, you think the kids need to see you cry
2: yeah, definitely. I think it's very important for, for them, uh, for for their for their for dads to show emotion and that sort of thing, because, you know, then you know, it doesn't like because I I grew up with you know my old man, man, he he did amazing and he and love him dearly, but you know he came from a really hardcore background himself and he did the most amazing job with what he had, um, and. Um, you know, and, and and it's amazing looking back now. I see uh, with, you know, how my mum and dad parented and whatever and I just think, geez, they just did an incredible job but they also are soul, they are soulmates. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Even though that they split, you know, whatever, many years ago. Um, I look back now and I think, oh, now I understand why they got together in the first place, you know. Um, it was an absolute train wreck when they were together but... They were amazing they're amazing souls and they came together for a certain purpose. It's one
1: day I realize it's so hello. I love you. Goodbye. Life is very, very difficult. I'm a believer in the afterlife and I do believe so, so. somehow there is redemption and and yeah. and and it seems like I do believe that people will reconcile yeah. somehow at yes. some stage somewhere out there you know we will see through all the pain that was poured on us yeah by previous generations that didn't really have any control over it I mean yeah there has to be some type of atonement um, you know I'm a big believer in that so but trying to see that, I guess that's a hope that I have, something that gives me assurance and comfort knowing how it all work out. Mm, mm. And I guess that's how you get by.
2: Exactly. Otherwise, you fall into great big holes, my friend, which I've done so many times. So you do. You have to have the faith. You've got to have your faith and uh, whatever that may be. Um, and like, like you know, when you said, I, I don't know what you are, I I'm, I'm really am everything. I, 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 I have been... So, you know, I'm a big believer in Jesus and, and the man and, and I, I'm a big believer in God and and however you believe in what that is, you know, um. and I think I believe in even, you know, I think I believe in the reincarnation, however that happens. I think there's some sort of element to that. Um, there's some truth in um, everything happening at the same time, you know, like. All of that all of the quantum theory stuff. I love all that, too, you know, I mean, man, I have read and and I've sat down with the sadhus in India, and I've chatted about this for a long time, you know, so uh, it's been it's been a great i I'm so blessed to be able to say said that i've I've sat down with some of these uh, some people that uh, I, I feel them. like they are, you know, they could be aliens. yeah, I don't know, you know. It's like everything is possible for me, you know. I love the chats.
1: Well, I like that you have such an open mind because I've been all over the world as well. I yeah. love going into a mosque and feeling. Um, I used to have fear, but I've been in enough mosques where now I feel welcomed, and if I want to pray, I can sit down. and yeah. Pray, you know, Crazy. and in Hindu temples, and felt the same spiritual things that I've felt in a Catholic church and or some big cathedral and um so i think it's great to have an open mind and uh, try to understand Mm. other people's belief systems and have uh, appreciation and respect for it because as an artist we have to tell a story we have to paint a picture to bring peace Mm. yeah to this world uh that is why musicians exist folks uh we're here to give you a good time. Mm-hmm. We're here to make you cry. Yep. We're here to make you dance. Yeah. And uh the, you know, the list goes on. Uh, yeah, exactly. I can't get enough of this record, man. It's like <laughs> rotating. And it was great that I had it downloaded when I went camping.
2: Oh and, no. Oh yeah, uh,
1: right, right. <laughs> I took Thanks. Mark, Mark and I we were camping a couple weeks ago, or last was it last week? We we only had like four albums that we had downloaded because, you know, when you stream your music, yeah. You, so I, so we had you, uh, Brent Cobb. Yeah. You know, cool. Like, like two other people and that's it. And right. Well, it's enough
2: <laughs> is, on rotation.
1: yeah. Fed, so it's good. Awesome. awesome uh, man. So what is next for you now that you're here? Uh, yeah. Can people get this right now? Is it, it back?
2: It, uh, it's out everywhere you listen to your music on streaming that um it's also available on my website um which is happening very soon uh where you can be able to purchase the vinyl um yeah. and they're a yeah. limited copy um and so yeah that, that's Wesley that's Dean. back on uh, wesleydeanmusic.com yes Okay, Wesley Dean music yeah i'm going to um, yeah and uh yeah, so I, I, everything's getting an overhaul right now, but by the time everybody hears this, um, it should be up there. So go for your lives, guys. Boy, you say I so
0: question is why does that make you? Right now. Make sure you when you are on his website
1: subscribe to his mailing list or comment or
2: yeah yeah uh, yeah yep. the arts. new look website's going to be launched very soon very excited about that and
1: um yeah go join his mailing list that's the best thing you can do for an artist is subscribe to their mailing list rather yes.
2: all of them on facebook twitter or wherever we are yes please thank you that that'd be fantastic and then uh, i hope to tour soon i hope to get out there and i've got a killer band we played in gary indiana the other night i had people turning up and actually yelling out some of my songs and I had no idea I had even a following in Gary it was great it was great to be in Michael Jackson's home went to see his childhood home that was awesome
1: you really went to uh, Michael Jackson's childhood home
2: yeah he cuz obviously they that's where they come from and we went to out and it was just us and the house there was no one there i thought there would be like cars and people yeah. everywhere it was like us and that and it was just so surreal because i grew up that was how i started singing was because of michael jackson and the jackson 5 really was my that was I drove my mother insane with those records. It was, yeah, you know, so, but that's how I yeah. that's how I was taught music. Really, it's like watching him dance and watching his um, intonation and and how he felt this music. I felt like the same way when with mama's Pearl and all those great Jackson Five Motown songs are yeah. just absolutely killer. So, yeah, so it was it was a bucket list moment. What was that, Sorry, Paul?
1: Do you moonwalk?
2: I do moonwalk. Yes, you can see that on Australian Idol. Oh,
1: and what? I you... I got a
2: touchdown from Jermaine Jackson on the on Australian <laughs> Idol for moonwalking in front of him. And That's I then crazy. apologized to him.
1: <laughs> so it was
2: that it awesome. was surreal. Yeah, but I guess that was the thing growing up was like I said I used to say to my mum, I'm going to I'm going to meet Michael one day and I'm going to moonwalk in front of Michael. And mum was like, you're in you live in Adelaide. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day there I was on Australian Idol uh, moonwalking in front of his brother who said to me that he was going to go back and show the tape to Michael. I don't know whether that was even real or not, but I I tend to just believe that. Yeah. That maybe one day somewhere out there, Michael, before he passed saw me moonwalk, you know, um, but uh, it was an amazing night. It was, it was an incredible night to meet uh, one of the Jackson five and uh, Jermaine and. Um, you know, I got to meet so many cool people on that show too, like Cindy Lauper and um, Chris Isaac and those guys, they, all, they were all mentors on the show when I was on it. So it was a really great, a great time of my life. You know?
1: Well, dude, you are <laughs> amazing. The music is amazing. I love your commitment to your to your craft, but more importantly, to your family. Um, your wife is amazing. Your kids are- your- She's amazing bank <laughs> the richest man in the world with those kids yeah and uh Brilliant. so god bless you and everything you're doing i look forward to hanging out with you and seeing shows and whatever you got going on man so thank you so much paul
2: yeah all right brother thank yeah thank you very much for having me on man i'm very honored so cheers man thank you
1: all right man cheers because you took my scars bruises and bro
0: one billboard pianist paul cardall do you believe in miracles and second chances over a decade ago i was raised from the dead read paul's story the broken miracle by jd Neto. visit
1: thebrokenmiracle.com